welcome to the Colonial Church STA podcast. The vision of Colonial Church is to build an exciting, vibrant, Bible-based church right here in the heart of St. Augustine, Florida. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. Hey, did anyone get a chance to be in church this past weekend? Anybody? Show of hands. Beautiful. Oh my goodness. I was so encouraged by last weekend. Uh, Sunday was just a good day. It's always good. And uh, we always say it. Uh, in church that I just feel like every Sunday keeps getting better and better and better. And it really does because we're in the house of God. And it's really cool that we're in this series of being planted and flourishing because I really feel like that's what our church is doing. Even though we've done this series before, it's a remix. So it's still new and fresh. Um, so I really do feel like we're in that season of, of growth. And it's really, really cool. And what we're standing in right now is evidence of that. So it's beautiful. But I'm really excited for what God has in store for tonight. Also, one more thing. The baptisms at the end, that was so cool. I saw so many cars, so many trucks slowing down. Some were just stopping in the middle of the road. Like, what's going on? Like, they're rolling the window down, like, checking it out. And I think that's so amazing that we're a witness even with baptisms. Like, it's just so cool that our city is, is expressing an interest in what God is doing in our house. And it's just so cool. Um, before I get into message and continue the reposition series tonight, I wanted to encourage us with a word that I actually brought to Team Rally before this service started. And uh, I was reading out of Proverbs chapter 27. <clears throat> and I just wanted to encourage you guys with this real quick. Starting in verse 17. It's really short and simple, but it says, Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. And I love this because it's saying we need each other. We actually need each other. And I want to take a moment just to, to build a little bit of the culture of our ministry, of the exchange. We're here for each other, and we were never meant to live life alone. If you think about it, at the very beginning in Genesis, what do we see? We see Adam, right? But God knew that it wasn't good to be alone, so he made Eve. And Eve was his helper So we see that from the very top of Scripture, from the very beginning of the Bible, God didn't want us to be alone. We need each other. But in the midst of this, when we're in community, we're with each other, we can sharpen one another. We can actually help each other be more effective, more efficient. And that's beautiful. There's a sharpening that takes place. So what I want to challenge us with is that let's always be a community that encourages one another. Let's always, you hear me tonight, let's always be a community that encourages one another. It's so important. It's so important. I was telling our leaders and people that were serving, people that came early uh, today, I was telling them the importance of it. But I can't stress it enough because you can't encourage, you can't overdo encouragement. You can't have an overdose of encouragement. So everyone needs encouragement. I need encouragement. You need encouragement. Our pastors need encouragement. Our team leads. People that serve, they need encouragement. So when you really feel like God is speaking something into your heart for someone else, just encourage them on the spot. Don't hesitate. If you really feel like you sense it in your heart that God has got a word for someone else in your life, just go out and encourage them. I believe that we are a generation and a ministry that just is quick with our encouragement. We're always encouraging And I believe that that is one of the main things that's going to cause this 
this ministry to really grow. So we're just naturally encouraging. You up for it? That good? Amazing. All right, cool. So we're going to be reading out of Genesis chapter 22 tonight. So if you have your Bibles with you, you could turn with me there. And this is a scripture about Abraham and his son Isaac. And God speaks to Abraham and asks him, really commands him to do something that I would imagine thrown, thrown Abraham off a bit. But we're going to read a little bit more about that. And we're going to read uh, quite a bit tonight, so I hope you're ready. 18 verses. We're going to get through it together. You ready? Okay. Cool. Starting in verse 1 of chapter 22. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son whom you love and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Verse 4, on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. That's actually very powerful. Verse 6, and Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering, laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they went, both of them, together. And Isaac said to his father, Abraham, my father, he said, here I am, my son. He said, behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Verse 8, Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went, both of them, together. When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order. And bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar on the top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Verse 15, and the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself, I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you. I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore. And your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Amazing. Amazing, huh? Let's pray together. Jesus, I thank you that your word is alive and it is breathing, Jesus, and it is active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword, God. I thank you that it speaks 
to our hearts. And I pray that you would continue to speak to our hearts during this message, God. I pray that your voice would speak the loudest tonight. That we would know, have a better understanding of what it means to completely surrender everything to you, God. And we pray all this in your precious name. Amen. Amen. So if you're taking notes tonight, I would love for you to write down this title, and it's Here I Am. Here I Am. Before Genesis 22, we see that Abraham has had to surrender his own plans and intentions to follow what God had in store in the past. We've seen it in the past, and we actually read about it a few weeks ago in Genesis 12. God is calling him to leave his homeland, his, what, what's familiar, what was familiar to him, his friends, his family, to move to the land of Canaan. And we see that Abraham, he's obedient, and he goes for it. He trusts God. There's blessing that comes with that. And his amazing experience, but now we see another moment, another choice, another command to surrender to God and trust. And God is not tempting Abraham. That's important to know. He's not tempting him, but he's testing him. He's testing Abraham's commitment. And Abraham trusts, even though he could easily look, it could easily look like as if God is contradicting himself a bit. He immediately immediately says, here I am, before he even hears what God is asking of him, which is beautiful. That's a beautiful sign of a surrendered heart. But even after that, I think it'd be easy to kind of think, if we were in Abraham's shoes, to be like, wait a second, you're asking me to sacrifice my son, my only son, And then it'd be easy to question, are you still a good God? But we don't even see that in the passage, right? He doesn't question that. He just says, here I am, and he's obedient, and he trusts. And there's there's so much power in that. So much power. He says, here I am. And tonight, surrender says, here I am. As we're continuing this reposition series, I think it's so important to always check in with if we are keeping a surrendered heart towards God. This idea of surrender. And I wonder what that looks like for you. This idea of surrendering everything to Him. I wonder what it would look like if we responded to God with this manner more often, here I am. Abraham didn't even know at this moment what God was asking, but it's all about his heart posture. Here I am. Because after all, that's what life's about. It's a lifelong journey of surrendering. That's what life's about. And the quicker you can figure that out, how to remain surrendered before God, the more abundant your life is going to be. You never graduate from the moments to either surrender or fight against it. And when we fight against it, we are really saying that we don't need God. 
And how often can we do that? How easily can we do that? We just naturally just fight against the grain. Sometimes we don't even realize it at first, that we're kind of fighting against God. He's asking us to just surrender everything. I don't know about you, but I would rather every time, 100% of the time, surrender everything to God and, and surrender to what he has in mind for my life than what I could try and make up on my own. I always want to be surrendered to God. Everything, everything, not just part. So let our heart posture be, here I am. Here I am. It's much safer in his hands than mine, than ours. Much safer in his hands. I wanted to read to you Job chapter 11 real quick, and I really loved this. It has to do with the heart. and starts out in verse 13. It says, Surrender your heart to God. Turn to him in prayer and give up your sins, even, though, even those you do in secret. Then you won't be ashamed. You'll be confident and fearless. How amazing is that? Your troubles will go away like water beneath a bridge, and your darkest night will be brighter than noon. You will rest safe and secure, filled with hope and emptied of worry. You will sleep without fear and be greatly respected. I love that because what does it say from the very top? Surrender your heart to God. And then what else? Turn to him in prayer. Confess your sins to him, even the ones in secret. It's talking about this idea of a surrendered life. Everything, complete surrender. And then it's through that where we can be confident and fearless because we know that God is with us and we're trusting him no matter what. And he's never going to let you down. He's never going to let you down. So if you're, if you're still taking notes tonight or if you haven't taken notes yet and you want to, I really encourage you to take notes now. I want to give you a couple handles, a couple points when it comes to this idea of str- surrender. And the first one is this. We can never be partial with our surrender. It always takes complete surrender. We can never be partial with our surrender. It always takes complete surrender. I love it because Abraham was not partially surrendering to God in this moment. He went all in surrender mode. All in. What is crazy? The thing that's crazy about Abraham and Isaac, they're on their way to give a burnt offering to God, to sacrifice his son. Isaac later asked, Dad, where's the offering? Like, I don't see like an animal with us. Like, what's going to happen, Dad? Like, what's your plan? And I love that Abraham merely says, God will provide. God will provide a lamb for a burnt offering, my son. God will provide. And that is like an OG response if I ever heard one. He's just like, I don't know why. I just feel like Abraham might have like that really grisly, like low voice. And he's just like, my son, the Lord will provide. Like, that is so cool that he's like, all right, I'm fully trusting God. I'm fully surrendered. So God's going to provide. And I just admire that so much. And he fully surrendered. He fully trusted. He believed that God was going to provide. God was looking for commitment. And commitment is done through complete surrender. (coughs) 
Abraham was completely surrendered. You cannot surrender parts of your life and expect to see God move in the miraculous, not as, as much as God wants to move. He has trouble working with someone that will only give parts of his life to God. He wants us to surrender every single part, every single part. Which reminds me the importance of firstly, surrendering everything to God. But secondly, I wanted to also just touch on this real briefly. Um, Surrendering your pride to God as well and allowing godly counsel into your life. I think this generation, it's easy for us to really buy into this idea of, well, I'm self-made. Like I can, I can do it on my own. You don't need to tell me what to do. Like I have enough resources. Like I have social media, I have the internet. Like I can learn on my own. Don't need anybody else. Like I can make it on my own in life. Like I can, I can make my own business. I can make an app or something and got it. Like I'll be fine. And I think that's like a dangerous mindset to have because why wouldn't you lean into godly wisdom if it's around you, if it's available? Because you're always going to leave better off, I promise you. So I want to encourage you and challenge you tonight. If you don't have maybe a leader from church in your life that you're leaning into or a mentor, someone that's older, that's done the faith journey longer than you, can I encourage you to get one? Because it's so, so beneficial to be able to lean into someone that's done the faith journey longer, that's lived longer than you, that has wisdom, someone that you trust, that you've ha- you have rapport with, and lean into them. Maybe, it's, maybe it has to do with this idea of pride. Maybe that's the reason why you haven't yet, but can I just encourage you to, to surrender your pride to God and just say, okay, God, who is that person? It's so important. It's so important. We need one another. Like I was saying earlier, we need one another. Like in that, in that scripture in Proverbs 27, iron sharpens iron. But I, I love it even with the message that we heard this past weekend with Pastor Matt. I love it that he's talking about how you have your own soil, but mix it with other good soil. And that's, that's one way we do it. Surrendering your pride and just saying, okay, God, I need some wisdom in my life as well. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mix my soil with, with other soil that's, that has tons of nutrients. And I'm going to be better off. My plant's going to grow taller. It's going to be more green. And it's going to bear more fruit because of it. So that was a long tangent. But I just want to encourage you with that. Surrender your pride. So surrender everything, not just parts. Surrender your pride and get some godly wisdom into your life. And secondly, tonight... Surrendering to him leads to provision. Surrendering to him actually leads to provision. We see that in the story, and it's beautiful. And the band actually can come back up as I finish this this point here. But again, listen to what it says near the end of this story. In verse 10, it's so cool. It says, Then Abraham reached out his hand, and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. 
And he said, here I am. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your your only son from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. God reinforced his promise to Abraham in that moment. Reinforced his promise by providing a replacement for the burnt offering. A ram appears at the perfect time. That is not coincidence. That's confirmation that God was with him the whole time. He's trusting. He's trusting God. And God's the most trustworthy person. He's never going to leave you empty-handed. He's never going to leave you on the side of the road. He's always here. He's with you right now. His presence is in this place. And if we could just get to a point where we just surrender everything to Him, I promise you, you won't regret it. That's where life starts, fully surrendered. My face down, hands down, just fully surrendered at Jesus' feet. That's the best place to be. Best place to be. I said it before, but I'll say it again. A fully surrendered life in front of God is the best way to live. I don't want to live life trying to figure it out on my own. I want to know what God says. I want to follow what He has in store for my life. It's going to be way better off than what I could ever think of every single time. Verse 14, it says, So Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, on that mount of the Lord, it shall be provided because of God. You better believe that God provides for his children. He loves you, but it's going to take full surrender, not parts. It might take being self-aware and really searching your heart to know if you're fully surrendered. And don't be worried if you're not. God can get you there, but you have to let him in on that process. Maybe for you, you're in this room and you're thinking about it. You're evaluating everything, being self-aware, thinking about it. And maybe one area that's difficult for you is generosity, this idea of it. Because you're a college student in this room. Believe me, I've been there before. And funds are not coming in that much when you're a college student. And it's rough. But I wonder if, if you would just surrender that part to him as well this idea of generosity that you're giving back to him what he's already given to you what was first his that's what you're doing you're giving it back to him and I wonder if you would surrender that part even what you could view as lack God can still use that for his glory but whatever area it is in your life 
I just want to encourage you to surrender it all. Everything. So let's stand together. I'd love to pray for us. And then we're going to worship for a little longer. But it takes complete surrender. And when we surrender, we actually see provision from the Lord. And it's a beautiful thing. But let's pray. Jesus, we just thank you for a moment to be in your presence, God. And I pray if there's people in this room that that haven't surrendered every area of their life to you, God, I pray that you would meet them where they're at, God, that you would help them begin that process, Lord. loving kindness, God, that you do it so graciously, Lord. You're with us through it all. And I just pray that that you would just show God winks throughout their life, Lord, that they would be reminders of how you are actually with them, God, that you are with us, Jesus that you show us even in the small details, Lord, as we're surrendering daily to you, God, you're revealing your goodness to us. That you haven't gone anywhere, that you're closer than ever, Jesus. And that you are the Lord that provides. We love you, God. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you got something out of that message. We would really love to connect with you. Why not join us at church on Sundays or connect with us at colonialchurch.life. We would also love it if you could hit the subscribe button, maybe leave a comment for us or a review to really help us move the ministry of Colonial forward. In Jesus' name, God bless you.